you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano and Graham Barfield. Is anything going on, guys? Nope, nothing at all. It's going to be a quiet show. It's going to be a quick, quiet show. Nothing to talk about. Uh, In fact, we might as well just shut it down and go home now. Um, (laughs) Cool. Cool. Was yesterday not the most fun off-season day that you can remember. I don't know. NFL. No, no. The Antonio Brown fake trade to the Bills. That was fun, fun, right? Like, but Thursday night was great, followed yep. by Friday night when he actually got traded. And we'll get to all this. Oh, fun, yeah. But. And Antonio Brown blocked me on Twitter. And then I got destroyed by the Bills Mafia for some damn reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, what, they treated you like a flaming folding table? This is what they did. Okay. Um... Yeah, look, I know we normally do a news segment. The whole thing is going to be a news segment today, folks, because that's pretty mm-hmm. much just everything that has happened over the, you know, since we last spoke to you uh, last Wednesday. There's been a whole lot going on, so we're pretty much going to get to that. But before we get to that, uh, as always, we go behind the glass to talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy. Are you Fire. okay? Murph, Murph you how, how, are you, how are you feeling today, man? This has to be the absolute saddest episode i've ever done or ever will do um no no matter how many hugs graham will give me it probably won't take away the pain of, uh, I, I saw you needed one man uh, I, did, I gave you a little hug this morning before we walked in um i'm really sorry i i there's i mean we're all on the same page here i'm not gonna fight this one saying oh there's a plan in place like this it's it stinks and like really as a fan and, and i'm sure you guys have experienced this a little with your teams at some points it's like when you see a guy you're always rooting for a guy who you think is part of this core a guy that could be you know from his stats right now when you look at his full career when it's all said and done could be one of the best if not the best um and it's just it's uh it's really really upsetting uh, to not trust the powers that be that run the organization and you're just like in this wasteland of we don't know where you're going you're in flux and it's yeah. just like what is what's the direction how do you root for this team on sundays it's it's very very frustrating I, I do feel bad for you. You don't, though, because you're a <laughs> <laughs> well, no, You're that, so happy right that, now. That, that, the, pause, the pause gave me away. Yeah. I'm a tri-state area Cowboys fan, and yeah. I hate the Giants. Yeah. 
So I'm loving life right now. I'm sure you are. But yeah. um, it's not like the Cowboys have any money to spend on free agency. At least we haven't at this point. But uh, lo- man, when, when that when that broke, I was like, wow. Gettleman, number one, is going to get destroyed even more than he had already been get destroyed sure. because of the Landon Collins situation. And um, although Mike Francesa was loving it. Uh, if you're a fan of yeah, Francesa, uh, he's been telling everyone who listened that the Giants should trade OBJ. Now he's going to be uh, pounding his chest today. Yeah, it's it's kind of been interesting because I think the fans as a whole are sort of frustrated and angry, understandably so. Yep. I get the sense a lot of media types in New York are sort of start trying to stick up for Gettleman on this, and I'm confused. well when you can How? when you can side with New York media, you know you're always on the right side. Mm. <laughs> the, I, yeah, uh, there there are definitely some that are ni- they're trying to be nicer to the organization than they have to be, which is, is confusing. There's a select few that that do go at yeah. them and say it, you know what they're doing is 100 percent wrong uh, for guys like Francesca who are saying to trade Beckham. People, anyone that thinks that Beckham was the problem, yeah, like I get it, like the whole proposing to the net and this and that. The guy is emotional, but there's not a single person that would deny how hard he was a worker and how talented he was. Like yeah. you need a guy in the team like that, especially this is a franchise that once had Lawrence Taylor, who you could argue. It's not, I mean, it's not even an argument that he was a more destructive force than Odell was off the field. So uh, it's just it's a bad time. It's a dark time. Yeah. Well, uh, so I guess they just let, let's just get into it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we have been kind of dancing around it. You probably know by now, unless you've been living under a rock for the last 24 hours or so. But Odell Beckham Jr. has been traded from the New York football giants to the Cleveland football Browns. Um <laughs> Are they the Cleveland NF Browns now? <laughs> they might be. They might be. Are, are they having a parade? Uh, they, they might have a parade. I mean, look, I saw videos of guys in Cleveland just out on street corners, like shouting joyously in the sky. I was talking to Miz when it happened, and he said it's like the greatest day ever. And this is a guy who's like won championships and headlined WrestleManias. This was the greatest day ever for I him. Mean, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, the compensation, it's it, it kind of twists and turns. There are some draft picks. Uh, it also involves Olivier Vernon and Kevin Zeitler. Jabril, Jabril Peppers goes from Cleveland to New York. Uh, this what do you guys think of the compensation? I think it's extremely, extremely light and extremely, extremely short. And the Raiders got a three and a five or gave a three and a five for OB. That's a a different situation because Mm -hmm. they were basically just eating contract. Mm -hmm. Here, they're trading for a 26-year-old receiver who Mm -hmm. is the best, youngest receiver to enter the league since Randy Moss. Hey, I mean, you know what? When uh, It's the new hotness because the NFL is a copycat league, so apparently giving up an elite wide receiver talent while financially hamstringing your team and getting pennies back in return, that's just the, <laughs> that's just the thing to do now. So, so, uh, so Odell Beckham over the last, basically since he entered the league, since, since 2014, Beckham ranks fifth in receptions, third in yards, and second in touchdowns per game. The Giants now have to pay him over $20 million in dead money over the next two years just to get him off their books. And they, again, traded the most productive, youngest receivers so, into the league since Moss. For the fans who don't understand, explain dead money. Dead money is money that is owed on the Giants, mm-hmm. basically on the player's contract. They, for a player who's not on the team anymore. Well, it's guaranteed money that's owed to the player regardless of he, whether or not he is on the team or not. So... Since Odell Beckham was traded, he has over $20 million guaranteed from the Giants on his contract that they owe to him. Mm-hmm. The Browns are going to pick up the, uh, another portion of the contract, and over time they will eventually extend him. But Eddie and I were talking about this morning. If the Giants were going to ever trade Odell Beckham, why the hell didn't they do it last year? 
Why extend him now? Before, why, why extend right, him last right, year right. and then trade him now? Because now you're going right. to have to eat this twenty-two over over twenty-two million dollars in the next couple of years, and you get less compensation for it. Sure, and that that makes you think what else was really going on that they signed him to this. Gettleman goes out and says a couple a week ago that they, they didn't sign him to trade him, and then they go and trade him anyway. So it's like what what is the real story here what like when is this going to come out we're going to find out okay beckham was really that bad off the field gettleman never meshed with it like what it's uh, again i'm just uh I'm, I'm just at a loss so so we will and i'm sure this will be discussed ad nauseum uh stay tuned to nfl network because i'm sure they will continue to talk about the the trades and, and everything there and but we've been killing the coverage folks we are going to be talking about it from a fantasy perspective so obviously obj goes to cleveland we know he is going to continue to be a target monster he is with his bff jarvis landry now they get back together again from their days at lsu and i guess my first question is fabs what does this mean for Jarvis Landry. It, it's going to be hard, I think, for him to occupy the same space in the offense that yeah. he did before. Well, and I mean, if you look at what he did last season, especially in the second half, he was a massive disappointment for fantasy owners. And we all sort of expected that touchdown regression uh, compared to the season before where he had a season, uh, career high. So now I see him as probably more of a three than a two in a PPR league. I mean, he's still going to get his opportunities. But Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't move for me. He was five. He's going to remain five. Whereas Antonio Brown moved from two down to six. Not a huge loss in value, but still a loss in value. Because everything, everything goes the way of Odell Beckham Jr. in this deal. Upgraded quarterback. Talent around him upgraded. And this is a guy who is going to see plenty of opportunities. And he is going to be a red zone monster for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, okay, so then we were, we were talking about this before we, we came on and started recording. Uh, Graham Baker, uh, you know. Big show, man. He's, I think without a doubt he becomes a QB1 for sure. Yep. The question is how far up are we moving Baker Mayfield? We had some internal discussions just briefly before the show. I haven't decided where I'm going to put Mayfield next season. But, I mean, he was the QB10 last year once Freddie Kitchens took over as the offensive play caller. And from weeks nine to week 17, Mayfield trailed only Patrick Mahomes in yards per pass attempt at 8.6. I moved them up to six. I think that's I probably the right six. range, man. Like I got him at six. Beckham really is worth that much. Mm -hmm. uh, the Giants over the last two years, unfortunately, because Beckham dealt with so many um, lower uh, with leg problems, he obviously hurt his ankle and hurt his leg last year. We have 16 games to view of, you know, basically what Beckham meant to the Giants. And in that 16 games, the Giants scored six and a half fewer points per game. Um, he is just, I mean, he's legitimately one of the few dis difference makers in the NFL and, um, Mayfield was freaking awesome as a rookie in 13 games, broke the rookie touchdown passing record. And now he gets again, the best young receiver in the NFL. Yep. And, uh, and uh, all in, uh, and, uh, seriously, all in on the Browns. No, the next year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really the offense that, that they've put together is ridiculous. Baker coming off a very good rookie season, Nick Chubb looking like a stud. Mm -hmm. And of course, then you bring in Kareem Hunt at some point during the regular season once he uh, comes back from uh, the expected suspension. OBJ, Jarvis Landry, uh, Njoku, Antonio. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Baker has a glut of talent around him. The Browns have really put themselves in a position where they are now the favorites in the AFC North, and they're likely going to be considered one of the favorites in the AFC right alongside the New England Patriots. And 
we're talking about the offense because this is a fantasy football show. They've done some really good work on the defensive side of the football, too. This team is legit. This team is for real. This team is going to be on national television quite a bit, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch whether or not you like the Browns or not. Browns are going to be explosive in pass offense, and they're going to be able to rush the passer. That is the the key to winning in the NFL. Yep. Now back to the New York side of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, Eli, no one was drafting Eli. No one is certainly drafting Eli now. Um, The first question is, though, what does this mean for Saquon? Because, you know, my my immediate reaction yesterday when this happened, and I tweeted this out, was that, like, you know, if you didn't believe that Saquon was the first overall pick before, believe it now. But really thinking back, and and look, I I don't know that I'm going to back off of that, but there is still the idea of, man, if I'm a defense, I'm not worried about anybody else. I'm not worried about Eli. I'm not worried about Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram, not, not in any real serious way. I'm going to say, you know what? Make Saquon beat me. I think he's going to get 11 billion touches coming up this season. But I do wonder, um, maybe are we – is there reason, I guess I should say, to be concerned about what he's going to face next year? I think that there's – Two things that could still happen here. Of course, the Giants could move up. They could use the 17th pick and the 6th pick to move up in the draft and ostensibly take Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins. So if Murray is the quarterback or Haskins is the quarterback, we're definitely having a different conversation in a couple months. But Mm -hmm. with Eli Manning back there, um, as long as Eli keeps just, you know, dumping off, you know, check downs on second and third down and not being able to throw the ball downfield against pressure and just keeps dumping the ball off to Barkley. I don't see why this changes too much of anything with him. If anything, I think it limits the Giants you know, scoring opportunities because Beckham is such a field, sw- uh, such a field swapper. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, if any, he, if he's anything, my one. I'm not touching him. Yeah, I'm leaving him there. If anything, it's a few less scoring opportunities, but as long as the target share and obviously the, the rushing carry total most likely remain the same. The Giants are going to go extremely, they're going to try to go extremely run heavy this year. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't think it changes too much. Volume is king in fantasy football. Saquon, Volume is Sa- king. Saquon getting 450 touches this year? I he's mean. Gonna, dude, he's going to push for, he's going to push for 400. Uh, real quick, a, uh, a breaking news alert. Um, Earl Thomas has signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Well, see. Uh, Four years, 55 million includes 32 million fully guaranteed. This makes too much sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes the Weddle, makes the Weddle, uh, yep, makes Eric Weddle getting cut kind of make more sense. Oh yeah, no, I mean it definitely they they filled that in, so it's fine. Wow, Raven, the Ravens stay sharp, man. Even without Newsom, um, this is a, this is a great. Difference. Boy, I tell you, if you're if you're a safety like Demarius Randall, whose contract is coming up, <laughs> you gotta be like, I'm gonna cash in on this because the safeties they made out like bandits over the last couple of days and. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, I'm bummed out. But listen, I know Cowboys just don't have any money to spend. We just don't, and we gotta we gotta pay Demarcus. We gotta pay Dak. Is uh, at some point we gotta pay Zeke and, and Cooper. So, uh, but yeah. not a surprise here that that uh, Earl Thomas lands with the Baltimore Ravens. All right, so OBJ to Cleveland. We know we know uh, how that, or we we hope we know how that's going to shake out. Uh, the next big one, Le'Veon Bell. Last night, uh, signs with the New York Jetropolitans. Mm-hmm. Um, also released a new album. Uh, Did you listen? I have not listened to it yet. I, I gotta say, I didn't listen either. I have not listened to it yet. Uh, what's the name of it? Like a, a gamble? Uh, not sure, but I do. I was in a group thread last night with some friends, and one of them did go in there and listen. And 
immediately found that he was going to the Jets. I guess the line in there was I think there was a line going in, green or uh, something. I, I don't know. Going, yeah, uh, yeah. This was always... Life's, Life's a Gamble is the name of the album. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm sure it's... Uh, maybe it's on SoundCloud, It's uh, I, I would guess. Um, so if he has a tweet that blows up, look for the next tweet in the thread to say, hey, this tweet blew up. Check out my SoundCloud. How much fun did Le'Veon have, though, with everybody on oh, social yeah, no. media? Oh, he had a so, time. so now... Akbar Bajabi Amela, our pal on NFL Fantasy Live, had tweeted out uh, days before Antonio Brown went to the Raiders that he was going to go to the Raiders. So then he tweets out this cryptic message about Le'Veon Bell uh, flying, nevermore, something, something. And everyone's thinking, oh, well, Akbar must know something. So I called Akbar and I said, all right, dude, what's, what's the deal? I can't tell you, but read the tweet. And I'm like, well, the tweet suggests he's going to Baltimore, nevermore, Ravens, right? Edgar Allan Poe. And... Um, Akbar says, I can't say anything. And I says, okay, well, you know, when can you let me know? Well, Akbar had knee surgery yesterday. And then at one point, and I got fooled for about 30 seconds, somebody tweeted out fake Akbar that Le'Veon Bell to the Ravens and gave, gave some numbers. And I immediately sent a message back and said, look at you breaking news again. And then I saw it was a fake account and I deleted it. Then I thought, wait a minute, Akbar's having surgery today. Why would he be tweeting before his surgery? <laughs> Although he might, I don't know. And then Le'Veon tweeted out and said, spill the beans to Akbar. But Akbar was under the knife, so he wasn't going to spill anything. And then last night I talked to Akbar uh, on, on text, and um, uh, you know, once Le'Veon ended up going to the Jets. It's a good move for his fantasy value. I just mentioned volume is king. The Jets are going to lean on this kid hard, hard, okay? And you can... Mentioned the questions about the Jets' offensive line. Uh, they, they did make one addition, so hopefully that's going to help them. But from a volume perspective, Le'Veon Bell, I believe, is my seventh running back, and he's going to remain there. The volume is going to be massive. He's going to get a lot of touches. The Jets are going to lean on him to help Sam Darnold in terms of his development. And the Jets added some pieces. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, big one. Jamison Crowder, I think, could be an under-the-radar sort of play. If you look at the numbers last year of the top 16 quarterbacks who targeted the slot the most, two of them were Jets, Darnold and Josh McCown. So they like to throw the ball to that spot. Robbie Anderson's going to be back. Chris Herndon's going to be back after his rookie season, which was uh, it was successful. He showed some flashes. So suddenly the Jets are going to be a team that, that's got a heck of a lot more fantasy value than we've seen in a while. I do want to kind of get back to that uh, that point about Jamison Crowder in just a second. Uh, cause we will talk some wide receivers, too, a little bit later on in this podcast. But so you've got Lev as your wide or your running back seven. huh? So he, he's still he's seven. He stays outside your top five. huh? Yep. I've got him at seven, too. OK. Yep. OK. Yeah, I've got him. I would assume you have him, Melvin Gordon six and then the big five. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I've got Saquon, do. Zeke. I moved Alvin Kamara up, up to, to three. three. McCaffrey, four. Gurley, five. Yep. Gordon, six. Yeah. I think you could make an argument for maybe moving Gurley past Bell right now with the knee issue, but yeah. I'm uh, waiting. I mean, we have a whole offseason. I don't know what's going on. You know, yeah. CJ hasn't re-signed. We're not sure what's going on there. So right now, I have Gurley tentatively at five. Yeah. The the Colecchio simile trade earlier this week turned out to be huge, obviously, yep. for the Jets. Um, and they were they were hoping to get Paradise, too, and then he ended up flying the coop going to Carolina. Yeah, so. yeah. so assembly last year was played at way less than 100%. He was dealing with a knee injury all year, but he was a top 15 guard in each season in PFF's guard metrics for four straight years. Um, the Jets had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL last year. I think they were... F- had the fifth, fourth, fourth or fifth fewest uh, yards before contact per attempt. Anyway, I mean, yeah, J- Bell's going to get 
you know, 85% of snaps, he's going to see, you know, 9,500 targets pretty easily. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I think we can kind of just roll with it here. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So the other big one, obviously, oh, I, Antonio Brown to the Raiders, right? We, we kind of joked about it Thursday night. Twitter blew up because it looked like he was going to the bills. Uh, then that didn't happen. And then one night later, it turns out that he's going to the Raiders. Um, by the way, I can stop calling him Milk Mustache now because he's gone back to his natural mustache color. Thank you. I appreciate that, A.B. Um, but, okay, so obviously he's out of Pittsburgh. He's in Oakland. It's a different offense. It's a different quarterback. Where, so Fab, where, I know you, you, know, you are constantly kind of tinkering with your rankings. Where do you have Antonio Brown now? I dropped him to six. Not out of my top 10, which is where he would have been if he ended up in Buffalo, which is maybe why he blocked me on Twitter and why the Bills fans went after me a little bit. But, hey, the truth is the truth. Facts is facts. So it's a downgrade because no matter where he went outside of Green Bay, which is pie in the sky, he was going to see a downgrade in value. I'm sorry. That's just the way it was going to be. He was in a great situation in Pittsburgh uh, for the last five or six years. What he's had five straight top five finishes uh, in PPR leagues. The guy is gold. He's awesome. And John Gruden is going to feed him the football. You're looking at 160 plus targets this season if he stays healthy. But here are the facts, okay? You go from an offense that averaged the most passing attempts per game to an offense that averaged tied for 16th. You go from Ben Roethlisberger, who's a Hall of Famer, to Derek Carr, who's got potential but hasn't really made that potential work in the NFL outside of maybe one season. You've got a situation where you've got a wide receiver who's coming off of a 15 touchdown season. Regression is going to happen. I would project him on the high end for maybe 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gave you somewhere around 12 and eight, which is wide receiver one totals, but it's not top five. And for the first time in a long time, Antonio Brown does not deserve to be a first-round pick in fantasy drafts. I'm even a little bit lower on Brown. I have him initially at wide receiver nine. Mm. Um, Look, I mean, Derek Carr has never finished above league average in yards per pass attempt. Um, These are facts. Derek Carr has never been an above-average NFL quarterback. Antonio Brown might make him one. I really hope he does. Could be. Um, It's good for his value, but but he's got to prove it. But Big Ben is freaking awesome. I mean, I know Big Ben has been a locker room problem. We don't discuss discuss that. But on the field, I mean, these two, Ben and AB, were electric. Uh, Big Ben has finished top 13 in YPA in six straight seasons. And like you mentioned, Fabs, um, Oakland is significantly less pass-heavy than the Steelers. The Steelers uh, passed the ball 67% of the time last year. That led the NFL. The Raiders were far more balanced. They were 59% pass-heavy. Anyway, you slice it, yeah, this is a pretty big downgrade for Brown. Um, But, of of course, I mean, he's going to be a target hog. He's going to see 28 to 30% of the team's targets. And I I think that should be enough to keep him in the top 12 wide receiver one conversation in PPR. Uh, Um. I know that we, we've said, I think a lot of people have kind of said and hoped that having Antonio Brown maybe makes Derek Carr a different quarterback. I don't think it does. And I mean, can I, what I go back to is the fact that he had Amari Cooper there, right? And Amari Cooper, while you know, certainly not Antonio Brown, is still a good receiver, is a deep threat. I mean, we saw what he did when he left Oakland and went to Dallas and how much he became a playmaker there. Preach. I just don't know that suddenly Antonio Brown putting on silver and black makes Derek Carr a different guy than we've seen the first few. And what happened to Mr. Cooper when he left Oakland and Derek Carr Weird. became a fantasy star? Yeah. He became a better player. He, he, he became the player that we thought he was going to be coming out of college. Right. So, right. So, so a couple things on this. And I made this point on Twitter um, a couple days ago with Amari Cooper and, and Derek Carr. He left, obviously, went to Dak Prescott. Um, 
everything increased. Uh, his targets per game, you know, he's went from 7.6 with Carr to 8.4 with Dak Prescott, but he was way, way more efficient on a per root basis in terms of yards gained per root run. Um, his receiver, his alignment basically didn't change. He stayed out wide 80% of the time in the slot, 20% of the time that didn't change. Um, yeah, man, like Cooper in Dallas had seven games with 60 yards and or a touchdown and 11, uh, an 11 contest. And he did that eight times in his final 20. Games Everything increased Carr. targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns, fantasy points. Everything Amar- increased when he left. Oakland. Look, Amari Cooper is always going to be a frustrating and inconsistent player. I just think that's who he is. But we have never, we never once really doubted how physically gifted he was, and he just needed to get away from Derek Carr and Oakland to truly succeed. And mm-hmm. you know, I hope, I hope he keeps it up. But yeah, that's that's a good final point, man. And that's, I think that's, that's, I think a lot of people are kind of missing the boat on that. Is like, AB is freaking awesome. Right. He's one of the three best receivers to ever live and ever play this damn game. But Derek Carr is. I mean, he is who he is yeah. at this point. Like, he's not gonna just he's he's not gonna suddenly turn into Patrick Mahomes just because he's got now again Antonio Brown. It's the same conversation we just had with Barkley and Eli. If the Raiders decide they want to get Haskins or Murray, we will change the tone. Right. If Murray is throwing passes to Antonio Brown, then I mean, I I'll be pretty close to all in on that. <laughs> but it's Derek Carr, and it's just and it's John Gruden. It's just kind of like yes, he might see 180 targets, but it's really hard to get excited about the other details of this offense. Yeah, and also keep in mind, too, like Antonio Brown's going to an offense where he's not protected. I, like Pittsburgh had Juju, okay? And and Bell underneath for a yes, long time. Yes, I mean, so. So he's not protected there in Oakland, and maybe they're not done making moves. I, I don't know, but if you think Jordy Nelson's going to protect uh, AB, well, you're, is, you're insane. This and Jared Cook's a free agent right now, so... This is a great point, Faz, because Gruden, are we really trusting Gruden to be able to move Antonio Brown and like get him in the right situation to succeed? Are we really trusting John Gruden to know to put Antonio Brown in the slot so he can run against interior defenders and poor cornerbacks? Like, I don't, I don't trust John Gruden to know those things. I don't trust John Gruden to know and get Antonio Brown in in the right situations to succeed and not see double coverage on 50% of his, no, not 50% of his snaps, but (laughs) a good portion of his snaps. Um, I don't trust him. Uh, So we'll see what happens there back in Pittsburgh. Obviously, this this opens some things up now at the wide receiver spot, right? Juju Smith Schuster moves up to from the number two to the number one. James Washington likely is the guy who slides into that number two spot. Are either of these guys ready for this role? I mean, I went just briefly yesterday and looked at at uh, Juju's splits. I mean, he didn't play a whole lot of games without Antonio Brown. I mean, the numbers were better, but it's, yeah. it's three whole games. So right. I mean, you know, and one of them was sure? that monster game like two seasons ago. I think it was against Cleveland, right? Where he just went off. When, so when I mean, the are, we, were are, are we sure he's ready? And look, don't get me wrong. I love Juju. Dude's fun. He's an SC guy. But are we sure he's ready to take on this role next year? Well, he's going to see the targets. He's going to see the opportunities. He's catching passes for Ben Roethlisberger. He clearly has a good rapport with Big Ben. Big Ben is going to really be looking at him very, very often in an offense that's going to continue to throw the football. So those are positives for Juju. The negatives are, as you mentioned, okay, coverage drawn away from him with Antonio Brown in the mix. Now that coverage is going to be moving towards him. James Washington has to come in and prove that he can make an impact and be a guy who can potentially 
help with that coverage issue that Juju is going to have now. And we, you know, we talk about this a lot. I mean, you see a guy who produces as a number two, who's behind an elite number one, the elite number one leaves and everyone suddenly thinks, well, this guy is now going to be an elite number one. A lot of times that doesn't happen. Eric Dickerson was on Fox yesterday talking about how he didn't think Juju was going to be able to be a number one wide receiver in the NFL. There's, there's a lot of differing opinions on this. I have Juju in my top 10. Why? Offense, Big Ben, opportunities. But we're going to find out, and we're going to find out quick, just how well Juju Smith-Schuster can adjust to being a two, to being the one facing top corners every week. The biggest concern I have is how much Pittsburgh moves him out of the slot. Um, He ran 60% of his routes from the slot or in tight to the formation last year. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be able to run against, in theory, against so many interior uh, defenders on so many of his snaps, but... um, it's more targets. The Steelers are the most pass-heavy team and on mm-hmm. first downs in the league. I mean, it's this is gangbusters for Juju in, in terms of redraft and dynasty. I yeah. will say, uh, and look, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put this on any one guy, but I, I'm old enough to remember when Mike Wallace left Pittsburgh. Yeah, a lot of people said, "Is Antonio Brown ready to be a wide receiver one?" Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he was. Yeah. Juju's ready. So, yeah. so, so Juju's good go. enough. He's definitely ready. So, so we got a go. little... Uh, Some breaking news. Yeah. Breaking yeah. news. Uh, you should be happy about this, Fabs. This is what you wanted. What Mark wanted, Ingram man. goes to the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, this per Adam Schefter. He had it first three years, $15 million Ravens there. are cleaning up today. So uh, it's Two a big, big ones. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's Raven Wednesday, right? Yeah, uh, dude. I dig it, man. I think this is a really good fit because... The Baltimore Ravens, they cut Alex Collins. They had three other running backs who were free agents. And suddenly now you've got a guy who comes in and they're going to run the ball a ton. All right. That's that's obvious under Greg Roman with Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position. Ingram is a guy who's still got some juice. Okay, I get it. He's 29 years old. But over the first three years in the NFL, he was banged up, didn't see a ton of touches for the Saints. So suddenly now Mark Ingram is right in that RB2 conversation, okay? He's not going to be dealing with Alvin Kamara taking a lot of the touches there. He's an RB2 from a fantasy perspective. And let's not forget, and and Graham, you mentioned this, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a very versatile running back who's going to help Lamar Jackson in his development as an NFL quarterback. I love this move for Ingram's value. I... I'm sorry, guys. I know Gus Edwards looked pretty good at the end of last season. Gus Edwards is not a threat to Mark Ingram's touches. He's a one-dimensional running back, whereas Mark Ingram is a guy who's versatile. So Ingram now is going to be moving into my top 15. I'm pouring one out for Gus Edwards. And <laughs> yeah. It's yep. been fun. Gus Edwards. Uh, it's been fun. Buck Allen. Um you know, so many of you. Right. Ty Montgomery's a free agent. Of course, uh, Collins is gone. Buck Allen uh, is a free agent. So this was a this this is a good move. This That's is a good, a good move, both good. in reality and from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and just real quick, I mean, look, having this here, having this consistent running back, I mean, it, it helps everybody in the offense. You know, it helps. It helps Lamar Jackson. It uh uh, well, we'll see what happens with their wide receiver group, right? Yeah. <laughs> that that's still a question mark. I, I, I just go out and draft a bunch of tight ends. That's all. Just hey, well, they already we I mean, are, they're we the are what we are. They're the right. Ravens. They already have like yeah, seventeen I mean, like, of them. So it's just just you know, get it, a guys a bunch of guys who can block and just run a damn ball sixty times a game. The Ravens will not run eleven personnel next year. They'll just run strictly <laughs> twelve and twenty. They'll run two tight ends all the time. They'll run sixty-seven percent of the time and, and all uh, the time. Yeah. Um, the Jags. What we all pretty much knew, they they get their quarterback. Nick Foles signs a deal for eighty eight million dollars. A lot of scratch. Um, you know, and I know that it. What what I thought was funny is that every article, every tweet, 
pretty much everything that referenced this deal always had the phrase Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles as though, you know, like, look, hey, look, I get it. It's a big honor. He had a huge game when the Eagles needed it most. Uh, let's also go down the list of uh, Super Bowl MVPs that, I mean, look, Malcolm Smith uh, was a Super Bowl. Larry Brown. Larry was Brown. Bowl, was a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, so let's let's not hang too much on that title. Um People have talked about Nick Foles as though he is the savior. He's the guy who's going to unlock this offense and make everything great down there in Jacksonville. And and Graham, I'm just, I'm skeptical. I'm, you know, like there, there's a reason Nick Foles has been a dream and quarterback this long. He was great in short stretches for the Eagles. I just, I have my doubts about him over a 16 game season. I do too. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen so many different highs and peaks and lows from Nick Foles to the point where i mean he was throwing 27 touchdowns and two interceptions to the point where he almost retired um after the fact with after chip after he left chip kelly yeah uh we know the jack we know what the jags want to do they want to pound the rock um over the last two years even last year when they had an extremely down year on offense the jags ran the ball 48 percent of the time when the scoreboard was neutral that's within eight points and that was the fifth highest rate in the league that does not change under nick Foles. they're going to pound the rock they're going to get their offensive line back healthy and they're going to try to pound Fournette um, and play good defense. Um, Foles efficiency-wise is a pretty big upgrade uh, over Blake Bortles in terms of completion rate above expectation and um, pretty much every other metric. Um, I don't know. I'm with you though, man. Like Foles, we've just seen him so be so damn inconsistent in so many different places. Remember, yeah, remember he had the 27 and two season and, with the Philadelphia Eagles, and then eventually he ended up with the St. Louis Rams and just, I mean, he, he we did nothing. Right. Foles has been in pretty much every offensive ecosystem. We you could imagine him. He's gone from the 2017 Eagles, which was probably one of the best offensive ecosystems we've seen in modern NFL. Chip Kelly like was one of the best offensive <laughs> ecosystems in the NFL. And then he played with Jeff Fisher. This is kind of somewhere in between. Right. And I think we'll just get somewhere in between Nick Foles. Yeah. He'll be a fine little player. He'll be above, slightly above average. He'll be a big upgrade over Blake Bortles. But other than that, for fantasy, like, very unlikely, really change anything. Very unlikely to be a draftable asset in, in most fantasy leagues and seasonal draft it makes me a little bit happier for like dd and marcus say, Marquise does this, Lee, does this do anything for their wide receivers yeah it makes me a little bit more interested in them mm-hmm. in them than maybe like the 11th or 12th round is like some depth options as my receiver five or receiver six um but other than that like it doesn't really do a whole whole lot for this offense mm-hmm. this is a run heavy team uh speaking of I was gonna say, so like does this does this do anything for leonard fournette for you fabs <laughs> leonard fournette number one needs to stay out of the damn trainer's room oh yeah and number two Needs to keep his head out of his rear end. Yeah. I mean, those are the two biggest issues for me. The talent is there. When Fournette played last season, although it was on a limited basis, he was putting up points. I mean, I had him in, in a couple of leagues, and he was giving me 20 points a game. And unfortunately, then the issues came up. Of course, he missed a lot of the season because of the hamstring. And then he's got the issues where he's sitting on the sideline sulking with TJ Yeldon. That's not good. And apparently there was a meeting between him and Tom Coughlin after the season. Hopefully everything got sort of paved out, paved out and, and everything's good now. But Fournette's, he's still the centerpiece of that offense. They're still going to give him the football. He's still a young player. That, I mean, if, if Leonard Fournette finishes a top 10 running back in 2019, none of us would be surprised because he's got that kind of talent. Right. The problem is durability. And at, at, there, there are times when Leonard Fournette has a two-cent head. And that is going to keep him probably out of the top 15 overall picks at this point i'd project him more as a late second round pick and if he falls into the third round at that point i'm i'm certainly jumping on him um you, good news fabs the uh, the cowboys have re-signed jamez olawale hey 
that solved, that solves everything. The Cowboys did a thing. <laughs> yeah, no. really, I'm used to this. Like every year, free agency, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. gotten more and more exciting. And Cowboys fans, we kind of sit on our hands and we're like, "Oh, come on, you traded for a Mark Cooper." This sucks. No off season, like yeah. the free agency frenzy no, stuff. There's never anything that the Cowboys do. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, there's a lot of dudes we got to pay on our own roster. So there you go. Uh, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission free, while other brokerages charge up to ten dollars for every trade. Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of NFL Fantasy Live a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at nflive.robinhood.com. All right. Elsewhere, it was uh, there's some other signings that maybe weren't quite headlined but still have some impact. It was a busy day. Uh, actually, busy early period, I should say. And by the way, as- it happened last season too. Remember, right. like, oh, it's the free agency frenzy. It's happening on this day, well, and, this and then three what- days later, three days earlier, everything's breaking. This is what happens when we have the you know quote unquote legal tampering period, <laughs> right? Like everything sort of gets done. Which I'm always Never like, well, look, I'm like, let's let's just open free agency. Let's just do this now. Then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the the legal tampering period has been very busy, especially for the wide receivers early on in this thing. Uh, a number of notable deals. Deshaun Jackson. Oh, by the way, I, I meant to say, too, as as we are recording this, none of these are actually official. By the time you listen to this podcast, a lot of these things will have become official because the free agency period will have officially opened. Uh, so as we record this, none of this is official. Unless somebody pulls an Anthony Barr. Right. You know, Anthony, an Anthony Barr thing could happen where somebody decides, you know, what maybe not uh so as, as of now these are all you know deals that are agreed upon but not yet officially signed uh deshaun jackson not a free agent signing but a trade they say you can never go home again that's not completely true i guess uh deshaun jackson goes back to his first nfl home in philadelphia uh he gets traded from the tampa bay buccaneers to the philadelphia eagles and all i can say is fabs i just hope this i just hope Carson Wentz can throw a better deep ball than Jameis Winston. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I know. That's all I'm because asking. that that connection certainly didn't uh, pan out. Although he was he was better with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, strangely enough. So this to me, like Deshaun Jackson is not going to see this like enormous jump in value. I think he kind of is what he is. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who is going to be very high variance. He's going to give you some good games. He's going to give you some more mediocre games. Where this is bigger from the fantasy impact is on Carson Wentz. Now Carson Wentz has the field stretcher. He's already got Alshon Jeffrey. He's also got Zach Ertz, arguably one of the two best tight ends in the National Football League. Now you give Deshaun Jackson uh, to Wentz. And if Wentz can stay out of the trainer's room, once again, this is a guy who could end up being a draft bargain. He's a fringe QB1. Let's not forget what he did a couple of seasons ago before he went down with a knee injury in Los Angeles. This was your league MVP. He's that good. Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson is the type of player he's gone He's been in now multiple different systems, multiple different teams, obviously. Ecosystems. I want ecosystems. I like that. (laughs) My bad. Uh, Yeah, no, but Deshaun Jackson has elevated every team he's ever been on. And this is an even better fit. This is arguably the best 
in terms of just overall team fit, like you mentioned, Alshon's kind of the intermediate guy. Zach Ertz is over the middle. Get Carson Wentz back healthy, and this thing is its pretty sexy. I'm yep. very, very excited. For I this. mean, the Eagles, as, as much as I hate to say it, I mean, they're probably the favorites in, in the NFC. What's amazing, too, is, is DJX is 32 years old, and he still has so much juice. He's got a lot left. Yep. Eight of his 15 fastest top speeds over the last three years came in 2018 alone. Mm. He is freaking fast. Yep. Dylan. He's, I mean... Not lost a step. And yet, yet, and yet somehow Jameis Winston could overthrow him. That was <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, Jamison Crowder and uh, Fabs, you sort of alluded to this one earlier, heading to the Jets. He gets twenty eight and a half million dollars to go to New York. Uh, a guy who, when he is healthy, we have seen him be very productive. My first question, though, Graham, is how do he and Quincy Inunua coexist together? Because I wonder whether or not they do too much of the same thing. That was my initial concern as well. Um, I think this will push Quincy Inunua to the right, outside, right. and Crowder will become their full-time slot receiver. Mm-hmm. So we'll get a, a three-receiver set of Anderson and Inunua, and then Crowder, I guess, maybe swapping in and out of the slot. If anything, I think this is just a good move for Sam Darnold's development. I'm not going to be super interested in Crowder in like shallower 10- or 12-team leagues. Um, I don't know. It's just it, it's going to be really hard to, to, I think, outside of Bell, feel amazing I, – projecting opportunity for the rest of these pass catchers because like you mentioned a noon one crowder kind of do similar things and anderson we saw flashes with him with sam darnold last year but he's still you know going to be an inconsistent player yeah anderson towards the end of last season was i mean he was a league winner because yeah exactly because Mm -hmm. the nature of how they use him they use him as a deep threat Mm -hmm. you know darnold still has some development to go yep um yeah i mean it was a fine this is a great move i i'm i'm glad the jets have finally decided to get some depth at receiver and um they still have a chance to go after some rookies yep uh, Devin Funches is going to Indianapolis. He's got a contract worth a maximum of $13 million if he hits uh, several different incentives. Uh, if Fabs, it never really worked out for him when he became the number one in Carolina. Uh, I feel like him being the number two in Indianapolis is actually a, a pretty good thing for him. I kind of like this move. Like, right. Remember, not last season, but the season before, Funches became a thing. Uh, he he was a useful fantasy asset, and then last season, uh, with the addition of DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel started to see more opportunities as well. Funches certainly fell out of favor in Carolina and in fantasy land. Now he, he's a draftable asset. I'm not saying that this is a guy who's going to move up, you know, four or five rounds, but he's going to be a player that you can take late in your draft, and he's he's going to be a red zone target for Andrew Luck. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gave you on the high end maybe 700 yards and six touchdowns, somewhere in that range. And it's just another weapon for Andrew Luck, uh, who was just tremendous. I'm with you guys again. I was really surprised to see so many people bash this move because the Colts have so much cap space. And this is a low-risk move. Low-risk move. It's a one-year deal that's heavily incentivated for a player that's about to turn 25 years old and he's already been in the NFL for four years yeah no I, I think this thing is fine I think you know the guy that I that I would worry about is probably Eric Ebron in this whole deal like I wonder how that, much that that takes away from him in the red zone particularly there's no way he's doing what he did last season in the oh, red no. zone again there's no way regression is going to be coming for him one player in Indianapolis who has been a winner by doing nothing is Marlon Mack Marlon Mack, <laughs> Marlon Mack, dude. I mean, it, right now, I mean, the Colts could obviously add somebody or draft someone, but right now, it does not seem like they will. I don't because uh, they drafted Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins last season. I don't know if they're going to go after another or another rookie running back. So Marlon Mack, he's coming out of here looking pretty good. I, I, 
I like Marlon Mack, man. And I like I, I wonder I do wonder if he was up late last night scrubbing through Lev's mixtape to make sure that, you know, he didn't drop a line <laughs> about going to the Colts in there or something like that. Because yeah. yeah, otherwise that really would have hurt his value mm-hmm. there. Uh the Bills made one wide receiver signing that I love. That was John Brown. They made another one that I kind of scratched my head about with Cole Beasley. Like I don't I don't really know how that works, but I do like the fact that they're doing something to fix this offense and, you know, maybe potentially boost uh, Josh Allen's value as as a passer, not right. just as a runner. Well, what's thing. Josh Allen's best asset? His arm. He can throw the deep ball. In theory, yes. And Zay Jones has got some speed. We know John Brown's got some speed. We know Foster's got some speed. And then you got that underneath guy in Cole Beasley. So, uh, I know <laughs> Graham's giving me a look like <laughs> what you're saying is right, but yeah, eh, Josh Allen. Eh. Yeah. I mean, and, and then they signed Frank Gore, the ageless one. And uh, between him and LaShawn and Ivory, who's probably going to get cut, their backfield is almost 100 years old. <laughs> the fact oh. that the fact. Yes. The fact of the matter here, John Brown is probably the most draftable asset that the Bills have at wide receiver. Uh, A field stretcher. I felt for you when he didn't go to the Cleveland Browns because I I got Odell Beckham out of it. I am truly happy. It's true. (laughs) So, um, uh, but John Brown, I I find it hard to believe that he'll put up the numbers in the first half of the season with the Ravens uh, last season. uh, Those those same kind of numbers in Buffalo next season. My biggest thing, guys, here is I have no idea how to project these targets. No clue. <laughs> I mean, John Brown is, I, I guess, their number one. Um, I mean, he, but, you know, Foster played well at the end of exactly. last year. Foster, yeah. Foster can get deep. Like like Fab just mentioned, Bolt, uh, Beasley, I'm, I'm assuming, is going to be involved over the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, John Brown last year averaged a career high in 17.7 YPR with uh, yards per reception with, with Joe Flacco. Um, I think that can continue with Josh Allen hitting him deep, but Allen is just so scattershot and so inconsistent. It's really, really hard. It's going to be really hard to really invest in any of these guys in their passing offense outside of Josh Allen himself. Uh, These last three wide receiver signings, I'll I'll run through them and you guys can tell me which, if any of these do anything for you. The Titans get Adam Humphreys for four years. The Dolphins keep Devontae Parker for two years, which is kind of baffling to me. Why? Uh, And the Lions sign Danny Amendola on a one-year deal, which I would assume is sort of a prove-it deal more than anything. Uh, I mean... Any of this, any of this, move the needle for you at all? I mean, Amendola could be sneaky in PPR leagues. I, I don't know if he's anything more than a late round pick going in and playing the role that Golden Tate I still, played so well. Why did they trade Golden Tate? I, I don't. I don't think they know. Why, why did really they trade Golden Tate? They know. <laughs> Golden Not Tate sure. is three years younger than Danny Amendola, and he's a significantly better player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, you got no. a third round pick for Tate. Just pay him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was odd, and it was it was a bad move for his fantasy value as well. Again, I've said it a million times. I wish the Cowboys had the money to to spend on him because that would be a great fit. Um, but the 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 number one fantasy destination for Golden Tate would be if he ended up with the Green Bay Packers. That would be tremendous. Yeah, I mean, he's still happen, he is still out there, still out there. Uh, I am a little bit surprised. We're obviously on day three here. There's been like no buzz about Golden Tate. Not at all. Mm-mm. I'm really surprised. Not even that. a little bit. So yeah, I, I just you know. I wouldn't think that his run in in Philadelphia would have just cratered his value. I just can't believe that because he's he's, he's been good. good. He's been good before that, but I you're right. I haven't heard much about him at By all. By the way, you want to talk about a guy on the opposite side of the spectrum whose value is going to just skyrocket through the damn roof? Oh, Chris Godwin, giddy up! Baby. That's right. We haven't talked about that. Giddy up! Chris yeah. Godwin has become has. Become I loved a him thing. last season, and now you it's it's going to go nuts, guys. 
his value is going to go nuts. Yeah, I mean, he was he was kind of everybody's favorite, maybe sleeper last year, if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, now that uh, now that Deshaun Jackson is out of there in Tampa Bay, he uh, he definitely becomes a little bit more valuable. Uh, a couple of wide or uh, running back rather signings to mention. Uh, Latavius Murray to the Saints. So we've already mentioned that Mark Ingram, he's officially out in New Orleans. He's a Baltimore Raven. Latavius Murray to the Saints. Um, I mean, I guess that's nice. He's uh, he's a nice he's a nice guy to spell Alvin Kamara. But uh, I mean, more than, you know, kind of bench fodder. I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, I, he's, he's a late round pick. He's a very good handcuff. And um, it, this is good for Kamara because he is not going to eat into those opportunities like Mark Ingram did the, the last. The couple biggest of thing I, no- I noted this at the top of the show. The biggest thing for me with Kamara is without Mark Ingram last year, he averaged thirty three point five routes run per game, and with Ingram that dipped to twenty point four routes run. So if we're getting an additional at least twelve to fifteen snaps him on the field, that mm-hmm. as huge right. as passing. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and he's already he's already sorry to not not to cut you off, but he's already you can make the argument he's the most explosive receiving threat out of the backfield in the NFL. And another 12 to 13 snaps right there is, I mean, it's humongous. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the one thing we, he doesn't have to worry about is Latavius Murray's not going to catch the ball. Nope. So that, that's a big, a big difference there. Uh, hey, it's Rod Taylor is coming to Los Angeles. He is uh, signed with the Chargers, a two-year deal. Um, obviously. Good for him, man. He got he bounced around, and now he gets to come live out here. I was thinking yeah. he, he might go to Miami. That's what I heard. I was hearing that Miami might uh, might yeah. have an interest. So he comes to the Chargers. Obviously, uh, he's going to be behind Phillip Rivers, but uh, it's good to see him uh, still in the league uh, and finding a, a, a finding a situation that you know at least will be hopefully productive and good for him. Um, mm-hmm. So so there's that. Uh, last little bit of news: Carlos Hyde. Goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, if you are picking between Carlos Hyde and Damian Williams, where are you going, oh, it's, Fabs? Oh, it's, this was a good move for Damian Williams' fantasy value. Hyde's sort of a more one-dimensional back. He's not a great pass catcher. And what do Andy Reid running backs all have in common? Whether it's LaShawn McCoy, Brian Westbrook, Deuce Staley, Kareem Hunt, they all catch the ball out of the backfield. Williams is a very good ball catcher and... If you look at the numbers in the five games that he played, including the playoffs last year, as the featured back for the Kansas City Chiefs, he averaged almost 26 PPR points per game. That's Todd Gurley level production. I'm not saying he's going to do that in 2019, but he is an RB2 because you put any running back in an Andy Reid offense and that running back suddenly becomes very valuable. Now, Carlos Hyde is a guy that they gave a, a very, a very small contract to and he is not a player that I feel like is going to put a major dent into Damian Williams' touches. I think this is Williams' job. Hyde's going to come, there, come in there as insurance. The Chiefs needed insurance because Spencer Ware is a free agent. They're right near the bottom in terms of having cap space uh, among the 32 NFL teams. So maybe they potentially draft the running back for additional depth. We'll see what happens. But right now... Damian Williams is in a very good spot to be the guy in Kansas City, and Carlos Hyde will be drafted somewhere in the later rounds, if for no other reason than Andy Reid. So since Carlos Hyde entered the league in 2014, he is 58th out of 59 running backs in yards per reception. Mm-hmm. He's averaged 5.6 yards per reception. Only Justin Forsett has been worse in that time. Justin Forsett. Justin wow. Forsett's out of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Hyde is not a good pass catcher. This no, is, this is great. Not. This is great for Damian Williams. Yeah. This yeah. is the best case scenario for him. Carlos Hyde will come in, steal a few carries on early downs. He's still great after contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, unless the Chiefs do something else within their draft, which I don't think they will, they have so many holes now, especially on along along the defensive line. They don't have D Ford and Justin Houston. 
yeah, I don't think the Chiefs are going to go out and get think about uh, an expensive running back. I mean, they got they got the Honey Badger, right? Think about the Chiefs. The defense is going to give up points, yeah. and the offense is going to score points. That Chiefs offense is going to be so fantasy friendly again next season. It's going to be ridiculous. I know. I know Houston is obviously older, but like, I don't understand the. the <laughs> the basis of the Chiefs last year was they want they could rush the passer, and now they're letting D. Ford go, and yep. Justin Houston is ostensibly not back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. They're going to give up a lot of points, dude. I'm, I'm all for it. You <laughs> want more Patrick Mahomes? I, mean, I, I want more Tyreek Hill. Yeah, more yeah, points dude. allowed means more points you got to score. So that's true. So that is, yes, sir. that is very, very true. All right, so that's uh, you know that's pretty much everything we know right now. Again, these things are still kind of fluid as we're recording this podcast. Uh, again, they become official later on today, four o'clock Eastern, one o'clock Pacific. You can adjust the time to wherever you live in this great big world of ours. Um, so we'll see what happens. Of course, we'll be back next week uh, to kind of recap a lot of this stuff. And uh, a little quick plug. We will have a Fantasy Live free agent fallout frenzy whatever wrap up. <laughs> uh, that'll be on Monday, March 18th on NFL Network. I wonder check what our lead is going to be. Check like, your local listings. It's like Bell and OBJ and Antonio Brown. It's like, whew, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Tune in. Yeah, it'll be definitely a lot of fun. So uh, tune in for that. And like I said, we'll be back again next Wednesday to kind of recap everything that has happened. Happen. Hopefully by then everything will have calmed down. Everything will be uh, set, and then we can focus our sights solely on the draft. Uh, and that'll be that'll be a whole lot of fun. So there we go. That's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening as always. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember: every time you clean something, you're just making something else dirty. We'll see you next week. <laughs>